Welcome to Day Zero Update for July 23rd, 2023. I'm your host, Chris Logi. And I'm Brandon Perkins. Yeah, uh, not a big week for news. No, not terribly. Uh, but we do have some interesting things like, say, the end of Xbox Live Gold. Mm-hmm. Uh morphing into a new Game Pass tier to make it uh, more confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's a fun thing to do. Yep. Uh, let's see. We got some new uh, uh, PS5s and Dual Senses with the Spider-Man stuff on them mm-hmm. uh, for you to buy uh, if you need more of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some uh, other stuff happening uh, here Nothing really amazing, but we'll talk about it. So uh, before we do that, we'll talk about what we've been playing, and I'll kick it off here. Uh, I've been playing some Viewfinder. Uh, This is a new indie first-person puzzle game uh, where you are sort of part of this group trying to um, essentially going through the the work that these people did to potentially like save the world from climate change kind of stuff and trying to figure out like what they, what they came up with all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm not going to really talk too much more about story stuff. Cause I think it's definitely worth checking out, but uh, the, the gameplay uh, initially you start with uh, sort of Polaroid photos that are left in these areas for you to, uh, Used to uh, essentially overlay like what the the photo is onto the environment in a really cool way that um, uh, makes for some really cool kind of ways of solving puzzles. Uh, you know, you might start with you know some pictures that uh, you know give you a means of getting cross gaps. Uh, you get some that you know you might need batteries to. Uh, power up the teleporter to go to the next area. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might only have one in the stage, but uh, the picture, you know, has a, you know, picture of the, the place where the, the battery was previously, that kind of thing. And that's where you can get like a second one. Um, you sometimes use them to get around obstacles like fences and that kind of stuff, where you can take it down if you want uh, sort of essentially erase part of the, the fences, that kind of stuff, and then kind of evolves that mechanic through each world in some really cool ways. Um, some with like more stationary uh, viewfinders that you know can take a picture of a of an area, but it's you know set in stone what it's taking a picture of. Uh, versus you know getting some some other ways up until the point you get your actual viewfinder camera that lets you take pictures of, you know, whatever you want to turn them into pictures mm-hmm. um, that you can use in the environment to solve the puzzles. And it does uh, it does a very good job of uh, coming up with new and interesting puzzle types without, like, overstaying its welcome with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I would very much liken it to the original Portal, which is not a very long game. So uh, this one, I think, is maybe going to be, like, mm-hmm. three to five hours uh, depending on how much you want to go for, like collectibles, yeah, that are in the environments and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, or just look at everything because there's lots of uh, the people in these areas use more post-it notes than I think any human has ever had. Uh, that seems like their main means of communication. 
uh, for whatever reason. Uh, so you can kind of look up a bunch of that stuff as well as like little jokes and that kind of stuff that are around the, the place. Um, and yeah, leads to a pretty neat story and that kind of nice. stuff that uh, I'm looking forward to finishing up here. Hopefully the next couple of days, um, so far been one of my favorite games of the year so far mm-hmm. uh, for that. So that's on PS5, PS4, and PC. Uh, 25 bucks for it uh, right now. Um, let's see. Also been playing the Crew Motorfest. There's mm-hmm. a closed beta going on this weekend that they've made fairly accessible to get into. Um, I'm playing it on PS5, and you kind of get the, the early parts of the game, which, you know, ends up being a lot like the early parts of any of your Forza Horizon games that are out there, uh, mm-hmm. where you're kind of introduced to the area uh, and get you know, a quick taste of everything that they mm-hmm. do early on. As you get, you know, this uh, this host of sorts is constantly talking to you as well as an AI assistant that can, you know, help you get directions where to go, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um and like the the big thing they have here are the playlists, uh, which are sort of the the themed sets of races, and the ones they have initially in the game are like here's uh, a way to just explore the the Hawaiian island here and learn more about you know the culture and the history of the island and all that kind of stuff um, through those sort of uh, those races as you get you know different sort of hosts that talk to you about different things all that kind of stuff. Another one that's like, uh, I forget it's called. It's like it's a Japanese playlist of you know Japanese vehicles mm-hmm. with you know drift racers and all sorts of visual effects of you know dragons and all this kind of stuff uh, flying around that kind of stuff. Um, and the other one's like here's a bunch of vintage vehicles uh, that are those. Maybe one is based on like the uh, the Ford nine eleven, I think it is. Um, they have a bunch of them, but they also have others that you can go jump into and sort of as you go to start them, uh, they throw a bunch of, you know, stuff on the map to do, uh, extra activities and collectibles to find that kind of stuff. They, they do the, the treasure like collectible stuff, uh, pretty neatly where when you're in the area, it starts doing, you know, beeping and, you know, gets more rapid as you're going in the right direction, that kind of stuff. Uh, so they're they're not all over the place, but they do have them fairly uh, fairly available around the island. Uh, yeah. but I think it's as you start playlist, it adds more into the map, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. And yeah, the the biggest surprise was seeing the return of the like loot that the previous games had, uh, where you would get parts for your vehicle that you know have numbers attached to them. That's you know. As you beat races or find these uh, treasure chest collectibles, um, that adds some of that stuff mm. to your inventory. That's uh, luckily, unlike some games that might do this stuff when you have like multiple characters or whatever, it uh, lets those uh, parts kind of generally be, generally be used between different vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not super picky to locking stuff into certain vehicles that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, And some of them will have special attributes to them. Like, Oh, makes it, you know, your range for, uh, you know, noticing the, the treasure chests is a little bit wider or 
you get a little more boost to that kind of stuff, but it's, you know, it's like, oh, this is 2.6% better. It's like, okay. Mm. So it won't be that perceptible, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but does have ways of upgrading that stuff a little bit with, uh, you can sort of salvage it into spare parts that you can use to upgrade those like special, you know, bonus perks stuff, mm-hmm. or maybe change them, that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, it seems like it's going to be a pretty solid game. The race, the, the, the controls seem perfectly fine. Uh, it's nothing amazing to it, but yeah, it's, it's exactly what it seems like it's going to be. Mm. Uh, Forza Horizon set in Hawaii uh, with all the same kind of stuff going on. You can see people driving around uh, and they will turn into ghosts if they're, you know, heading directly at you, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, mm. seems all right. But what it is that's out in September, like the week after uh, Starfield. So, good luck to that game. Mm hmm. Uh, let's see what's next. Uh, I noticed a few games in the uh, auto shooting survival game genre, mm-hmm. uh, the vampire survivor genre, uh, showing up on PlayStation. I grabbed two of them that were like three and four bucks each. Uh, Remedium Sentinels, which make sure to mention in its tagline that it's set in the world of Remedium. Mm-hmm. And if you've never heard of that game, it's because it's not out yet. Yeah, uh, and it also seems to be a Steam only game, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I could tell, um, that's like a dual stick shooter. Uh, but this one's very much, you know, Vampire Survivors. You pick uh, amongst these golems you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start with one initially, and then you have to find a, a cage where the next one's locked in in that map, and you just do attacks to it uh, or hang around it, and your attacks will eventually do enough damage to break it open and uh, unlock it yeah. for future runs. I think I'm at the point where I don't have too many of those. Uh, at that point, I think I have a couple characters I can buy uh, with a currency that I do not get much of at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you get like scrap is the currency for doing upgrades. Um, you have some that are on a character basis. So when you go to pick different golems, you get uh uh, some extra upgrades you can spend currency on if you want, and there's some general ones that will affect everything. Mm-hmm. That seems to have some gameplay bonuses uh, for some that are higher priced. One that's like, oh, you can control the flow of time. Hit L1, R1 to go, like, I don't know, faster or slower. I don't know what the, the mechanics are. They have not been introduced in any way mm. outside of just seeing that in the upgrade section. Um. There's one that's like, oh, it's more. You get one additional, you know, shot from your ranged, you know, weapons, mm. uh, uh, you know, without having to do upgrades for it. And there's like one other one, but the there's two golems I can unlock that are like five thousand mm. each. And like the the time uh, manipulation perk is also five thousand, and I have like seventeen hundred right now. After like. 10, 15 games. Uh, spending a little bit of them, but it's usually when I get new characters, you can spend like 20 to upgrade yeah. like three stats right away. Um, so I do that because that's not that much. But um, the the maps you get into, it seems like the big thing you want to do is one, unlock the golem, and then find a way to survive for 15 minutes because then you'll beat it, it'll end, 
and then you unlock the endless mode version of that that map. Um, there's also the notion of corruption in the map. Mm-hmm. I think I think if you beat it by you know beat the 15 minutes, you'll generally have cleansed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had like one that was still at like one percent. Uh, that I just played again, and I seem to cleanse it after that. But now I'm mm. on a map that is has a big boss that's hanging around, yeah. and it, it's not particularly like aggressive or anything. It's just uh, walks around, uh, shoots like one uh, like explosive shots wherever you're standing at. You know the time it's setting a you know a place to shoot it, mm. uh, but you can easily walk away in the like five seconds it takes to actually shoot it kind of thing. I've only gotten damaged by it by just when I didn't see that it was, you know, the the place that's, uh, you know, gives you the hint where it's going to hit, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does like half damage at the points. And I was like, this didn't end after 15 minutes. Uh, I was like 25 minutes in, still hadn't beaten the the boss. And I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be a while because it just spawns in like a few enemies at a time and you're not getting much XP to level up anytime uh, soon to get, you know, increased damage for your different weapons that you're picking up, uh, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's pretty neat. It has a, a nice kind of PS1 kind of style to it, mm-hmm. uh, where it's kind of very low poly, kind of low low res textures on everything. For whatever reason, you can use the right stick to swing the camera from the, the top down view that you you're supposed to be using to like a, a side view, mm-hmm. uh, ground level kind of view, I guess to maybe see stuff in the distance, but it's only in one direction. So yeah, you lose your sight of anything going the other directions. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of neat to like look down, but uh, you know, the enemy designs kind of have like a pseudo horrorish kind of vibe mm. to them. Uh, there's like dudes that are kind of in like stray jackets or something. Yeah, looking like that, like no facial features, mm. kind of stuff. There's like a, a human centipede style enemy that the uh, the bestiary kind of describes it like it's you know body parts pushed together, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so yeah, uh, but it's not really like a scary game because it's just vampire survivors who're just surviving uh, for as long as you can in this mm-hmm. stuff, but. Yeah, it's pretty neat for I think it's on sale for four bucks right now. So yeah, then we're checking out the trophies are not too hard from what I've seen. Uh, it's just like unlock the next golem gets you know max level on these weapons kind of thing. Uh, nothing really too complicated, um, and I don't think there's any you know amazing meta game to this outside of a a couple of things like the boss and there's probably a couple of unlocks that. Mm-hmm. It mentions in the trophies for doing certain things. So I'll probably figure that stuff out, but that's a, a pretty neat one. And then there's Wispike Survivors. That is kind of the, all the action in it is very much Vampire Survivors. You start with a whip. Um, it does not have variety in the character uh, characters. You just have the one character. Uh, that starts with a whip, um, and you know the sec the the first upgrade you want to get is the upgrade the whip so you can attack in both directions, kind of stuff. Um, but this moves at a speed that is way faster than Vampire Survivors, so your first run will probably end in about a minute or so. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And generally, even where I am at right now, I get about three minutes in. Um, so the, the big catch here is that when your character dies, it turns into a seed mm-hmm. um, that you plant in a farm. And as it's like, oh, it takes a day to turn from you know seedling into this form. And you know, you're waiting to get it to adult form. Um, and it keeps the upgrades that you get, at least most of them. Um, I have not documented like what all I had when I died and how much were kept in the seeds kind of stuff. But you do have some like variants that happen where it's like, oh, it doesn't have the whip upgrade, but it has everything else. And so it's like, oh, this is neat. It's like an all ranged character. It has no like melee attack kind of stuff to it. And so I think it's the, the progression is that you progressively, you know, get these seeds um, growing with the, uh, abilities you pick up in these different runs, and then you eventually get stronger and stronger through that means of having more and more upgraded of these different abilities that lets you get you know stronger up front and take care of enemies and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what the the end goal is for that because uh, I have not like looked into what else is you know going on further. So there's no like you don't earn you know currency to spend on and like general upgrades or anything, you get manure that you can use to speed it through the the different uh, phases of its growth mm-hmm. kind of stuff if you want. Um, but yeah, nothing really complicated there for that mm-hmm. game. But I assume there's something going on behind the scenes because uh, there's no other areas, no other uh, visual changes for the characters, that kind of stuff. Uh, so it kind of gets a little repetitive in that way. But you know it's it's pretty decent for what it is. Uh, and the weird thing is, like the the subtitle for this is like sort of the necromancer. And I'm like, there's nothing like whatever that subtitle uh, suggests in that game. Um, so I'm curious to see what more of that is going on. But Remedium's been the one that I've been put more time into. Mm. Uh, so that's been that. Uh, and playing some other stuff like Diablo Four which has the new season stuff out. I've not started that yet because they're very much like, oh, you shouldn't even bother with the seasons if you haven't beaten the game yet. And mm. so I was like, okay, I'll just keep playing that. I finally beat Act 1, the last Act 1 uh, quest, uh, which I left off on the very last one that is just like, go talk to this dude. And then it's like, oh, you're done. You can start Act 2 technically if you're just trying to play it linear ways. But I'm working my way through that. So where now I'm dealing more with things dealing you know directly with Lilith uh, her screwing around with people that you know are important in this world uh, mm. kind of stuff so there's that um, but yeah it's still Diablo 4 it's fine uh, for what it is but yeah like there's no hint of any like battle pass stuff uh, just every time I go to load up that character to play more it's like uh, if you want to play season stuff, you got to start a new character. I'm like, well, you, you got to say to finish it first, so I'll do that first. Mm. Um, yeah, like the storefront doesn't have any of that stuff in there mm. or anything, so I'm still in kind of a weird place where mm. the game wants me to do season stuff, but I'm not ready for it, so I'm still working my way through that stuff. Um, mm. The other game I've been playing some is American Truck Simulator, uh, just trying to get through more of that world and get some achievements unlocked. Um, Mm. I'm trying to get uh, some of the achievements in Arizona to visit every city. So I'm trying to get jobs that go 
through each of the cities in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing really too complicated. Uh, they did just announce that the uh, the Oklahoma DLC is going to be launching August 1st, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I assume they'll have a, an event going on as well, so that'll be fun to see. Have some more uh, desert area there, flat mm-hmm. desert area, so that'll be fun to have uh, some more. And yeah, I watched uh, Smoking the Bandit the other day, and I was like, Man, it'd be fun to set up some cool jobs where you go from you know, Texarkana, Texas to Georgia. Yeah. Kind of stuff when they eventually get over there. Uh, so we got the, at least Texas, so we can kind of start that trek, but uh, a lot of ways to go for there through uh, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia. So mm-hmm. that's been pretty much it for me. So how about you, Brandon? What have you been doing? Uh, Well, um, as for me, I've been still playing Street Fighter Six. Um, and I'm getting sort of a little ways more through the world tour mode, um, which surprisingly is very long. I did not realize how long that part of the game actually was. Um, but, you know, part of the charm of the world tour is the fact that, you know, it's got that sort of wackiness to it that the Yakuza games have, but, you know, somewhat more lighthearted in nature. Um, you know, like, obviously you'll come across, like, you know, Mad Gear Gang, uh, members in, Met- in Metro City, but outside of that, you'll also come across, like, you know, just, like, angry accountants that are using, like, you know, office ties as masks and stuff like that, or random police officers. Once you get over to Naishao, which is, like, the sort of second big area of the game, um, you'll come across, like, old kung fu masters and uh, apprentice monks. But, yeah, it's, a uh, it's still a lot of fun, and it's still really good. And what's really neat is that a lot of the, like, sort of mini-game stuff, like, you, you know, it, the mini-games in the game are, like, a lot, some of it is, like, you know, typical Street Fighter stuff, so it's, like, you know, destroying, you know, turning a, a vehicle into scrap metal, or, you know, breaking boards, or punching barrels, stuff like that. But there's also stuff like uh, making pizza, and the thing about the making pizza thing is, it teaches you how to play Street Fighter. Um, because the thing about the Street Fighter games that's always been kind, and really this goes for fighting games in general, is that a lot, one of the main, like, sort of barriers to entry for some people is that they can't really handle all the, like, button combinations you have to learn in order to pull off special moves. Uh, the pizza thing teaches you how to do it. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, it's very fun, um, and on top of that, I'm also playing Octopath Traveler 2, um, as well, still playing that. Um, I've gotten a little farther in. I've gotten, basically, pretty much gotten all of the uh, eight uh, people that are eventually part of the game uh, together. And so now, I'm sort of taking my time, you know, sort of grinding, exploring, doing side quests so that... Once I get the chance, I can go off and, you know, go to the next chapters of where, of, you know, individual character stories. And the game, the stories themselves, they all sort of give you, like, a recommended uh, level of where your character or characters should be at that particular moment in time. And every time you do it, you'll also, like, gain things like cross stories where, like, 
uh, some of the other characters like come across some of the other characters in the party or like other people from their story will show up. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's not easy though. Um, definitely not easy. And, you know, the boss fights just like with the original Octopath Traveler, they can be epic in length. Um, because, you know, you're, it's, there's a lot of strategy and stuff that's involved going in trying to suss out weaknesses and stuff like that. But other than that, yeah, a lot of fun. So, yeah, that's what I've been playing. All right. So, yeah, let's get to some news. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a new time for Game Pass. Uh, mm-hmm. They got some new stuff uh, coming to the service and stuff that has been added mm-hmm. in the past few days since they announced this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Available now. There's Tectonica. This stuff was already previously announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tectonica, there's Toem. Uh, yeah. That's a very fun game uh, of a photo adventure game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're checking out. And there's The Cave is also on there uh, for just the console mm-hmm. there. So that's another kind of adventure game of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Other stuff that was announced here. Maquette has been on PlayStation Plus. Uh, for PS5 and PS4, I believe, uh, last year or the year before that, I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's on there now. It's a first-person puzzle game about you know recursive puzzles mm-hmm. uh, kind of stuff, so that's fun. Uh, there's Figment 2, Creed Valley. That's an action-adventure game. Uh, so there, yeah, console and PC, that's available now. Uh, the Wandering Village, which I believe is still in early access there. Uh, that is a uh, console and PC. That is a city builder. Uh, but you're set on the back of like a giant creature, you know, mm-hmm. a wandering village of sorts. So you're kind of building out your settlement and I guess doing stuff to help out the creature, that kind of thing. So that's uh, a neat premise there. Uh, that's it for the stuff that's available now. The stuff coming in the future here. Uh, Serious Sam Siberian Mayhem. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. New standalone expansion to the world of the classic FPS series. So I guess some new thing, not really. Serious Sam 4, I think they would be on. I forget what number they would be on, but uh, that's PC and Xbox Series X and S on July 25th. So that'll be Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, through that. Um, July 31st, Venba for console and PC. Uh, that is a, a narrative cooking game. Uh, pretty cool of a an Indian couple uh, in Canada who's immigrated to Canada uh, in the in the 1980s. And you're kind of cooking a bunch of dishes to, uh, you know, enjoy and help restore lost recipes that are from your family's past, I guess, uh, that kind of stuff. So. Learn more about your family and all that kind of stuff, so that's cool. Uh, July 31st, that'll be next week, next Monday for that. And then there's Celeste for console and PC August 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really good, challenging platformer mm-hmm. uh, where Madeline is trying to get to the top of Celeste Mountain and dealing with uh, physical and mental challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of thing, as well as there's a bunch of 
secrets and collectibles that it does not require you to actually get for any mm. you know achievements or anything. Uh, that also has a, good, a bunch of good um, accessibility options, so you can you know make it much easier to get around for yourself if you're having trouble mm. uh, or more challenging if you want that, uh, all that kind of stuff. So there's that, uh, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Not really a ton there for uh, the rest of July here. So uh, there you go for Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Check that stuff out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's see. Start to some dates. Uh, the creator of Patapon, along with uh, the composer of Patapon and Local Roco, mm-hmm. have uh, partnered up with some other people that uh, used to work on some of these games to make a new game, essentially uh, spiritual successor to the Patapon games called mm-hmm. Rediton. Yeah. Um, this is going to be on game or not game pass uh, Kickstarter July 31st. They're going to be launching it. Mm. So that'll be next Monday. You can check that out. Uh, they're going to talk about some more stuff about the game on uh, July 29th. So you'll be able to check that out. And it's looking really cool. Like a very much like a, uh, that kind of game, but high res uh, modern, you know, s- you know, uh, HD artwork, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they're hinting at some things like, hey, let's uh, maybe have more of a roguelike kind of as- aspect to this game, maybe some co-op stuff to it, mm. or multiplayer stuff, uh, who knows, but we'll find out more about that, so that's something you can keep an eye on here uh, mm-hmm. for next week. Uh, let's see, oh yeah, this uh, there's a new a game from PlayStation 4, PlayStation VR, Firewall Ultra. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally got a date of August 24th, so people will be able to check that out. That's sort of the the newest game in the Firewall series that is kind of more of a Rainbow Six Siege kind of a shooter, more methodical mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing with a you know, single-player campaign and multiplayer stuff in there as well mm-hmm. uh, for people to check out. So that's cool to see. Looks really good. Mm-hmm. I see some has neat features where you know they have like flashbang grenades kind of stuff. You can literally pull up the controller, controlling your hand over to you know block the the flash from hitting your eyes kind of stuff, uh, oh. or closing your eyes as well. That kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. Using the eye tracking stuff that uh, leads to some cool kind of gameplay stuff that you can do. Mm. Uh, so that's neat. Looking forward to seeing more of that uh, as we get closer. Uh, in a few weeks, so yeah, that's uh, a new PlayStation VR 2 game to check out. And uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, Sony has uh, they had uh, an event at Comic Con talking about Spider Man 2. Mm-hmm. That they I think they showed off a new story trailer. We're not gonna really talk about that because that sort of just explicitly mm-hmm. you know talks about a bunch of story stuff. So if you want to keep in the dark on that, won't spoil anything for you, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does show more of Venom and maybe who that is, but they're going that. But they also announced that they are going to be doing a special Spider-Man PS5s mm-hmm. uh, for each of the, the versions, the disc edition and the digital edition mm-hmm. uh, that have essentially just have the the covers mm-hmm. uh, with different artwork on it. 
Uh, the the one side is all black with the Spider-Man logo on it, uh, and the other one has sort of the the red with the like black um, symbiote kind of uh, spreading over towards it. Yeah, uh, kind of thing. Really neat looking mm-hmm. design there. They have a dual sense that has a similar thing to it, uh, where kind of like seventy five percent of it's black, uh, but then the the right side's red with the the symbiote mm-hmm. like tendrils crawling over it. So. Uh, that's cool. They're going to have that. They're also going to have, if you don't want to buy a new PS5 mm-hmm. entirely, you can just buy uh, console covers uh, to just replace the ones on your PS5 so you can have that uh, for yourself. So that's cool. Mm. Um, no prices mentioned here. I assume it'll be like the like the other special editions where I think it's like 80 bucks for the controller I don't know what the consoles would be. Might be like ten or twenty bucks more mm-hmm. for it. But those also include the game, so that might also be like fifty or sixty bucks more. Instead, um, yeah, you get a code that you can redeem now, and it'll just you know act like you pre-ordered it mm. uh, for that stuff. But I think the the console covers will probably also be like sixty-five bucks. I think it's what their sort of special edition mm. covers are right now. So. Yeah, they're going to do pre-orders July 28th, uh, so you can start that up this week here. Uh, players in the U.S., U.K., France, Germany, Belgium, Luxembourg, Netherlands, Italy, Spain, Australia, or Austria, Portugal can get in on this from PlayStation Direct, uh, as well as select other retailers. We'll also have it, uh, but yeah, these things will arrive September 1st, so ahead of the game's launch, uh, you'll be able to get that stuff early to check out uh, and enjoy uh, while you wait. So, yeah, that looks cool. Nice to see some of this stuff, uh, especially with uh, the Spider-Man, the original game, sort of having uh, some really cool PS4 uh, special design stuff for that. That looked really neat. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, Some new PS5 uh, Spider-Man stuff for you to check out. And then the, the last date we have here is kind of a surprising thing uh, that Gundam Evolution is shutting down November 29th. Uh, it has not even been out yeah. for uh, a year at this point, mm-hmm. at least as far as the announcement is concerned. Yeah. Uh, launched in September 2022, I think a little mm-hmm. bit later on the consoles. Uh, this was basically what if Gundam was Overwatch? Mm. Yeah, uh, featured a bunch of Gundams from the various series. Mm-hmm. Uh, seemed like a really cool kind of thing there, but uh, uh, apparently didn't do well enough to keep it going for even much more than a year mm-hmm. for that. So that's uh, surprising and not surprising at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of games trying to be Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even Overwatch isn't necessarily doing that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that- for the record, just don't know the Overwatch League in particular is in trouble right now. Um, yeah, they just laid off a bunch of people, and it's kind of gone on autopilot right now. Yeah, but yeah, they have. Let's see. Yeah, by this point, they've detailed the sunsetting roadmap mm-hmm. uh, for what this game is going to have in it. Mm. Uh, but they are still going to put out some updates and have. Uh, let's see, season six starts August 23rd, and the final season starts October 25th. 
Mm. But you'll still have new units and maps in it, which is kind of wild to still be doing that. But uh, as of now, they've suspended uh, the sales of Evo Coins, EC Pod Limited, and I think all the other sort of paid stuff for the game. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, uh, at least going to make the game probably a little bit more accessible as you mm-hmm. don't have to put any money into it for things. Hopefully they just unlock a bunch of stuff for people uh, to kind of enjoy it while they can. So mm-hmm. that's a, a whole thing you can uh, check out. So mm-hmm. there you go. Play it before it goes away for good. Yep. Uh, but not a shortage, shortage of Gundam games. There's even another free-to-play game out there mm-hmm. called Battle Operation 2, I think. Mm. That is sort of, uh, again, a multiplayer shooter, but you, know, you literally collect a ton of Gundam stuff and very mobile style with a lot of uh, ratings and all that kind of stuff to them. Mm-hmm. Trying to get the, the special versions and all that kind of stuff uh, that's out there as well. Plus probably others. There's like an action RPG and a bunch of stuff like that. Lots of Gundam stuff out there if you want it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, let's see here. We got a new game called Skull Island: Rise of Kong, mm. uh, sort of set in the uh, the monster universe, I guess. Yeah. Um, first King Kong game we've had in a while since probably the uh, the game that's mm. uh, from the last movie, mm-hmm. the last big reset for the Kong franchise. Yeah. Uh, with Peter Jackson's King Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was supposed to be a, a better game than you would expect out of it, but yeah, uh, this one's coming to all the PlayStation's, Xboxes, Switch, and PC this fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, yeah, published by Game Mail, which probably suggests it's probably not going to be that great. Yeah, uh, but it's a third-person action adventure game set on Gull Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, you control Kong before he becomes king to take out dinosaurs, snakes, yep. other creatures vying for the top spot on the island mm-hmm. until you become King Kong. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll be 40 bucks at launch uh, with a special edition for 50 mm-hmm. uh, with eight exclusive film grains to change the visual presentation of the game. Yeah. Eight different color schemes for Kong, a boss rush mode, mm-hmm. a behind the scenes pack with artwork and a, orchestral soundtrack and more mm. i've never heard of a game having a uh, multiple film grains making you pay for that yeah so i guess there you go on that <sighs> yeah oh god players control kong on a quote quest to avenge the death of kong's parents at the hands of the ultimate alpha predator the saurian terror gaw mm. yeah know there's that much lore about Kong's parents. Yeah, seriously, this is sounding kind of kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, that is kind of the, the thing with Kong right now, because there's very mm-hmm. much like, I forget which movie it was. If it was the, the Kong movie, or Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, mm-hmm. They're very much like, oh, he's like the last of his kind kind of thing. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, they didn't necessarily try to necessitate like Oh, these were his parents, all this kind of stuff. I don't think so, at least. Um, mm. It's just about, you know, them fucking shit up. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll get to do plenty of that in this game. Who knows? Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, let's get to uh, uh, some news here. Uh, Activision Blizzard mm-hmm. has announced that they are going to be bringing some of their games over to Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you've been holding out on Battle.net, I guess, uh, you can mm-hmm. rejoice because the first game is going to be Overwatch 2, mm-hmm. which is not a surprise at all. That That's a game they probably would want more people on, and that would be the first like test case for this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you will still need a Battle.net account to play. Um, so you won't just be able to... I don't think it's a launcher necessarily mm-hmm. uh, within the game, but you will need to launch, you know, load into your account so you can carry over stuff or have a means for that to transfer between platforms if you need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that'll de- debut on August 10th. Uh, yeah, it'll have Steam achievements, you know, support of your friends list, all the Steam stuff in there so that's cool for that although uh yeah they say they will be sharing more about potential other games coming to the platform when the time is right Mm -hmm. and so yeah that seems like blizzard uh kind of finally acknowledging that like maybe we need to also bring our games to steam because you know yeah they probably hit a limit of people that will jump to battle.net because, uh, yeah, like, when Diablo 4 was coming out, I was a little bit surprised to be like, wait, this isn't on Steam? Yeah. Because uh, it seemed like the sort of game that would maybe be the the one to launch on Steam and take advantage of all the hype there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now they're going to be just be like, oh, Overwatch 2 is the game. Yeah. Uh, that has, you know, angered a lot of people that wanted to jump back into Overwatch or see what, you know, that was all going to be. And before they found out, like, Oh, like a lot of the stuff they talked about isn't going to happen mm. with that game. So, but uh, yeah, that's uh, interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely not like a thing that would make them more uh, in line with whatever Microsoft would want them to do mm. when they finish off that acquisition. Uh, so yeah, that's a that's yeah. a whole thing mm-hmm. there. So. And I'll transition over here that uh, Microsoft has extended the deadline for their deal with Activision Blizzard uh, for three more months. Mm. I think to be in line with it to end by uh, October 18th. Yeah. Uh, I think July 18th was potentially going to be the time frame that they needed to uh, finish the deal or else pay up $3 billion to Activision Blizzard. Yep. Uh, so they ended up coming to an agreement to extend that further. Yeah. I think potentially for more money if they don't get it finished by then, but mm-hmm. uh seems to throw a little bit of water on the, the notion that they were going to be like trying to get this deal done, you know, red hot as uh, they're trying to figure out whatever's going on with the UK, uh, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's still going to happen. Uh, just maybe a few more months to get it done. As uh, Microsoft has been very much talking about all this out in the open on Twitter. So Mm -hmm. they are very much dedicated to getting it done uh, as soon as possible. So there you go. Uh, Unfortunately, capitalism is going to continue forward on all this. So, yeah, there you go for that front. Uh, For the last of the Microsoft news for the week, uh, they Mm -hmm. are ending Xbox Live Gold. Yeah, that was a long time coming. 
Yeah, especially with the games with gold that just did not seem to have the the financial support to it to bring like actual games that people would care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily that it's like all the games were bad or anything. They're just such small fry indie games that you know yeah. only uh, people like me would know what they were and sort of whether they were any good or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of stuff. Whereas the average person that sees like what's going on PlayStation Plus or uh, Game Pass would be like, these games are all terrible because they're not mm-hmm. anything anybody would know about. They're you know you can buy them straight up for like ten or fifteen bucks. Mm-hmm. That's not what people want. But uh, now they have turned that service essentially into Game Pass Xbox Game Pass Core. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be 10 bucks per month or $60 for a year. So definitely spend that yearly because that's half the price of what the, the 10 bucks per month would get you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you get advanced uh, access to their advanced multiplayer network, as they call it. I don't know what's advanced about it at this point. Um, but you also get a selection of over 25 games to play on there. Uh, I don't think this is the full list here. This only has mm-hmm. uh, 19 games on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a lot of Microsoft properties. Uh, yeah. Um, a few others outside of that, but uh, a lot of stuff here that you would be able to get access to. They say they will uh, update or refresh the list like two to three times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this all launches September 14th. So I think the September 1st will be the last of the games with gold titles that will be added to this. And I assume if you have gold at this moment, you'll be transferred over to Xbox Game Pass Core. Uh, but yeah, here's the games that they have announced so far for the launch of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, there's Among Us, so that's not a Microsoft thing. There's Descenders, which is not a Microsoft thing. Uh, Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, Fable Anniversary, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, Grounded, Halo 5 Guardians, mm-hmm. Halo Wars 2, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, Human Fall Flat, that's not a Microsoft thing. Inside, that's not a Microsoft thing. There's Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Psychonauts 2, State of Decay 2, and the Elder Scrolls Online Tamriel Unlimited. Which, the thing that sticks out to me initially is, like, there's a lot of single-player games on that list for the the service where you are paying specifically for multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a little bit uh, weird. Mm. Like, maybe even half of this list is single-player only, I believe. Dishonored 2, Fable Anniversary, Fallout 4, um... Hellblade, Inside, Ori, Psychonauts, State of Decay 2, not State of Decay 2, uh, it's like seven of these 19 are about single player only. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's weird. Um, I guess just good games, I guess, to give to these people to play. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it also just creates this weird tiering system with the, the Game Pass tiers, because now they have they, they have four tiers of Game Pass at this point. Uh, there's Core, which includes mm-hmm. multiplayer. There's Console, which is you know regular Game Pass, which does not include multiplayer. 
that's one dollar more for more games, but you don't get uh, multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's PC Game Pass that is uh, free multiplayer because it's PC. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you get a bunch of games and all that, as well as like access to EA stuff if you're willing to install the EA launcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's Ultimate, which also includes multiplayer. Yep. So basically, one tier of this that is like the one they tend to push that does not include multiplayer. And it's like 10 bucks for core with multiplayer and consoles, $1 more for no multiplayer. And it sort of feels like they should have just put multiplayer in, you know, Game Pass console and just like been done with that. But now they're just creating this whole thing of like, oh, you get, you know, if you don't care about multiplayer, I guess you get console and then uh, not be able to use a number of the games there for any notable uh, features, really. Because it's like Fallout 76 would not be playable, I don't think, without multiplayer. Uh, Some stuff like that would be kind of just weird uh, things there, so... Yeah, they've created this whole thing. It's eleven bucks for console, PCs ten bucks, and Ultimate now is seventeen bucks a month as like the the combination of all the other services, all the other tiers, I guess. So I think ultimately they want people to get Ultimate because it's the most money uh, and the most perks for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just kind of creating this weird set of uh, tiers here mm-hmm. that will just complicate things a little bit more, especially when you got a tier called core mm. and it's not the, the, you know, the proper Xbox game pass. Yeah. But yeah, they mentioned all the games you got with games with gold will, uh, stay on your account as long as you're subscribed to one of the tiers with, uh, gold to it. So ultimate or core. Um, Yeah. Yeah, players can continue to access any Xbox One games they previously redeemed through Games with Gold if they remain a Game Pass Core or Game Pass Ultimate member. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of something that people expected, but I think people are also being like, ah, they should just roll it into Game Pass or make Gold free. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Microsoft's not dumb. They're not going to give up that money. Mm-hmm. Uh, not anytime soon, at least. Obviously. So, yeah, that's uh, just... If you're going to Game Pass Core, just make sure you're paying the yearly. Don't pay twice as much for the monthly mm-hmm. version. Don't don't waste your money on that. Yeah. Uh, but conveniently, they don't offer yearly, f- you know, ways to pay for the other tiers. So. Oh yeah. They definitely want you to spend all your money or invest a lot of time into Microsoft Rewards to get yep. points that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go for that. Um, let's get to uh, some more news here. Um, yeah, EA has uh, FC24 mm-hmm. coming out later this year, yep. uh, September 23rd. And yeah, their big mode is Ultimate Team, much like with the, the FIFA games. Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, uh, they are adding all the female uh, players to that mode, mm. uh, which has angered a you know, the toxic portion of their fan base. Mm-hmm. Uh, and EA has basically said, well, if you don't like it, fuck off. Yep. 
Uh, you know, they said like, oh, you can still just play team modes if you want. Um, that and you know, you don't have to put the the women on your team if you don't want. Mm-hmm. You still have your sausage fest teams if you need that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a great move on their part to just not cave into these chuds, uh, especially as they're kind of moving into a new. Mm-hmm. New era of uh, of Ultimate Team and you know the the series. Yep, getting away from the FIFA branding, which itself is very stupid. Mm. Uh, as they wanted so much money that EA just said, like, well, good luck. We'll not pay that. We'll save a lot of money then. Mm-hmm. And there you go. I think they're also doing cross platform is a, a big thing they're doing with this now. Mm. Uh, so you can play your Ultimate Team on any platform that you have access to the game in. Yep. Uh, that kind of stuff, which is great. Don't make people mm-hmm. invest a ton of time into it on one platform and then not be able to do anything on the others. Mm-hmm. Which may very well just be them being like, we got to do something to make sure people tune into this one and don't just keep playing the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think the, the Switch version is going to be uh, a native a native version of the game instead mm-hmm. of just a, a legacy edition. Yeah, uh, for the first time, which is ironic because it's probably going to be the last one on the Switch mm-hmm. uh, before they have the new one out. So yeah, that'll be a fun thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, EA doing some good stuff and telling uh, shitty sports game fans to go fuck off. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Good news out of EA. Mm-hmm. And now to the EU, where they have new. Uh, regulations involving consumer products, mm-hmm. uh, particularly sort of handheld devices like gaming handhelds, mm-hmm. uh, like the Nintendo Switch and the Steam Deck, that they are going to be requiring by 2027 to, uh, let's see, say that all portable batteries for appliances, light transport vehicles such as electric bikes, and other devices should be removable and replaceable by the end user. Uh, the aim is to reduce the environmental and societal impacts of discarded batteries with the goal of creating a circular economy which encourages recycling and reusing old batteries as much as possible. Uh, so that's a pretty good idea. Yep. Actually, yeah. kind of wish we had something like this over here. Well, I think if this goes into place, it will... Uh, benefit all of us here because yeah. Nintendo's not going to make two different uh, Switch types. Nope. Like this is the one that is the EU edition. Here's the everybody else edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've only done that as like uh, you know whether they include like a a power charger or stuff like that in the box. Yeah. Uh, for like 3ds's, but that's not it's not a, a huge footprint to change. Oh. But uh, yeah, as they say here the. The batteries of gaming handhelds are covered by the batteries yeah. and waste batteries regulation. A portable battery <laughs> shall be considered readily removable by the end user, where yeah. it can be removed from a product with the use of commercially available tools without requiring use of specialized tools unless provided free of charge with the product. Mm-hmm. I think it's especially talking about how a lot of devices will kind of just glue the battery in mm. in a way that you, unless you are being extremely careful and uh, you know, have the the confidence in what you're doing that you're not going to rip the insides of your device apart trying to yeah. replace a battery. Exactly. 
Uh, Nintendo's been pretty good about that stuff over the years, mm-hmm. uh, selling like batteries on their uh, their storefront mm-hmm. kind of stuff for the 3DS and I think even the GamePad on the Wii U uh, and that kind of stuff where you get replaceable batteries there. Yeah, uh, Switch not so much though. I don't think it's necessarily like that hard to get to, but obviously it's a really thin device, so I wouldn't mm. be surprised if the batteries. Uh, surprisingly hard to get out of there if you need to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is uh, some good news out of the EU. Yeah, that will benefit everybody else. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, some good news. Mm-hmm. And then and- last one here, uh, the the plight of AI um, bots writing up articles for sites. Yeah, uh, being easily tricked. Uh, somebody on uh, the the WoW Reddit created a thread titled "I'm so excited they finally introduced Glorbo." Mm. Had 2,000 upvotes. The mm. post goes on to uh, lay down some fake history about the fake Glorbo. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all part of a deliberate ploy to trick AIs. I think people there noticed that uh, some of the stuff that would happen on the, the Reddit's that would you know get uh, big enough would uh, mm. be uh, AI stuff uh, would you know scrape it to create an article around it. Mm. As I say here, honestly, this new feature makes me so happy. I just, I just really want some major bot-operated news websites to publish an article about this. Yeah, um, this is by far the best change since they made Claxi a mm. neutral, playable race as a part of the epic quest to depose Quackion, mm. the aspect of ducks. <laughs> uh, and yeah. It's so like if you don't know, if you go on Twitter and uh, you find you know an article or just any tweet and just say, "Man, I really hope this was a this is a T-shirt." There will be bots that swarm all over your oh yeah your tweets like with like oh here's here's a, a link I just found kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people use that around you know uh, AI images or you know copyright images yeah. that it would never be able to actually get away with using um, mm. or just like images that say like, this is a dumb uh, uh, t-shirt kind of thing. Like to point out, you know, the uh, what's mm. going on with that stuff. But yeah, they managed to do this and found a website called Z Yep. That managed to uh, reports. Yeah. Uh, using AI, you know, bots that uh, scraped all the information from it. Yep. And basically did exactly what they assumed it would do. Yeah. See, this is the thing. This is why the whole like the whole thing of like big companies trying to replace their with AI is kind of ultimately a pipe dream. Because the reality is that AI is pretty you know, the the, the principle with AI is garbage in, garbage out. If you know, it can never really go beyond what its programming is. And Unless you've got someone around who can, like, you know, program trainers and stuff and all that stuff into it and have, like, some kind of foundation it can work on, it's basically useless. Yeah. It's kind of an SEO machine, essentially. Yeah, basically. Um, You know, the idea that, you know, AI can eventually can become so smart that it can essentially act on its own free will 
you know, that's I'm not that's not necessarily something I'm saying is necessarily out of the realm of possibility, but technologically we are not even we we are not even anywhere infinitesimally close to that. Yeah. It's it's all essentially generating articles yeah. off of keywords. Yeah, using... it's, it's, it's the same thing that like AI, AI audio and AI picture, AI art does. It doesn't actually build something on its own. It just shuffles through a bunch of other images that it has access to and jumbles them all together into something that it thinks, that it guesses is could make something, you know, solid. Yeah, that fits the fits the terms or whatever you're using to generate it. Yeah. Um which has led to, you know, articles about like the you know, Star Wars movies and the the chronological order and it gets that wrong because it's not able to actually yeah, uh, scrape the internet for factual information. It just goes through what it's able to find in a very uh, shallow sense and writes up uh, essentially like information that's like even for if a human wrote it it is really boring useless information of like this is the second movie in this trilogy uh, featuring this character doing this thing and it's like yeah I guess that's the way you could describe it it's not anyway interesting or you know invoking any sort of actual knowledge that is there or information Mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff, and that's you know what this thing was doing, uh, pulling out you know just the the general information here in a way that you know makes it really obvious that mm-hmm. you know it's got real no real thought, no real editors looking over it to be like, oh, this is some bullshit. So we can't let this actually get published. Yeah, but when you got a a site that's only caring about clicks and not anything else, you know this is going to happen. And that's kind of the the fun thing when you can find the the means for tricking it into revealing itself, which is what people do with the the shirt thing on Twitter, and they block those accounts, and that limits how much of that stuff they see in the future. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, this shows like, oh, this is a site you probably should never visit or continue to never visit because you know at certain points, the people that are into like WoW will already know like what uh, sites you know are the ones to be trustworthy with and that kind of stuff so yeah that's a that's a fun way to end the show for this week uh, we'll be back uh, next week with some new news hopefully as uh, August will be uh, nearly here next week so yeah thank you to Brandon for joining this week always I think we'll have Dan Rebecca next week as he's at Comic-Con mm-hmm. uh, doing some stuff there. Uh, so that'll be, uh, we'll hear more about what he did there next week. So mm-hmm. yeah, thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoy the show, if you let friends and family know, they should check it out and select strangers. Uh, mm-hmm. They will not fall for this kind of AI written bullshit articles that uh, will be all over the internet uh, within the next few years as you find uh, all the sites that have zero interest in any sort of uh, interesting humans writing their work. So, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. hope you have a good week ahead, and we'll see you all next time.